0: iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Good evening.
1: How's everyone doing out there? Welcome to the Apple Store Upper West Side. It's great to see you guys all out here. We are super excited uh, to have director Wes Anderson with us tonight. This is part of our series of conversations with actors and filmmakers uh, in partnership with the New York Film Festival. Um, uh, Some of you may have been here earlier for Antonio Banderas, who is also amazing. Uh, So a really big night for us. But sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing conversation with Wes Anderson. Please put your hands together, and let's bring him to the stage. (laughs)
2: Thank you. Good evening. Um, so I guess we'll just get started. Um, since we're in New York and this is kind of a, an imagine- imaginary fairy tale kind of New York, um, I, I wanted you to tell us uh, a little bit about the, the genesis of this film, how New York sort of sparked the rest of the story.
0: Sure. Um... Let's see, well this, uh, this was a movie that I had, um, you know the first few movies I made were all in fact movies that I had kind of had little treatments of um, when, I, uh, when, I, was, when I, I applied to some film schools. I didn't actually get into any, uh, any other <laughs> film schools. But my, these were my treatments, so this is my third uh, kind of treatment for uh, film school applications. Um, and I didn't really know New York at all at the time, so it was all, it, it was sort of inspired by um, movies and uh, plays and books uh, about New York. And I always loved uh, the New Yorker magazine. And I, I, was, I was really kind of uh, uh, fixated on New York for uh, many years, and, and that's why I came to live here. Um, so anyway, it, it sort of came out of that. Um,
2: was this before um, Bottle Rocket, was it before, um, when, when was the, the, when did the period come out?
0: Well, I, I didn't really write anything. I, I, I just had this sort of idea of it um, uh, before Bottle Rocket or any of those things. But, but, um, but it, the, the movie was really written after um, we did Rushmore, which is the second one I did. Um, and, um, and you know, the other, I, I'll say the other, uh, there was another movie that was a big influence uh, on it, which was um, uh, a Louis Mao movie uh, called Le Feu Follet. Have you ever heard of that one? Yeah. Yeah, which is a great uh, it's movie. It's
2: uh, kind of suicide kind of one. Yeah,
0: it's a suicide yeah. one. Yeah. Um, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. yeah and um and and that would sort of like relates to some uh Scott Fitzgerald story uh, to several Scott Fitzgerald stories i think that we, it was part but those were an inspiration for it and they were for me also um
2: it does feel like um almost a, a 1970s uh new yorker um as as if you you came across one and came into this fable sort of story
0: yeah i think well th- there there were some parts of the movie that we were Thinking of uh, 30s or uh, 30s and 40s New York, kind of like uh, Kaufman and Hart uh, uh, New York. and then there were other parts that were more like William Friedkin, uh, New York, I think, that we kind of pictured. Or like The Warriors, if you ever saw that movie, The Warriors. We, we had some graffiti and stuff that we took from The Warriors.
2: Another very New York movie. Um, but yours is kind of um, New York hidden. There's, can you talk a little bit about that, how there's not really a lot of uh, specific landmarks and you can tell you're in New York, but it's a, a different kind of New York a bit more.
0: Yeah. Well, I, it, you know, we didn't it, because it's sort of a pastiche um, of New York, I guess, if that's the word. Um, uh, the I'm not positive I'm using that correctly, but I think I am. Um, the uh, we wanted to avoid, and we never say exactly New York. You know, the st- like there's a uh, 375 Fifth Street Y, I think, or something like that. Um, and there there are various places that are almost like New York, so we wanted to kind of avoid you know, the Empire State Building or that sort of thing. In fact, on the first day we had, um, it was the first day with Gene Hackman, it was the first day of the movie, and, um, uh, I, and he had a scene with an uh, a, a actor who's an old friend of mine named Kumar, and we had, we had Kumar was blocking the Statue of Liberty. And, you know, our Gene said to me, you know, it's great, you've got the, it's good, you've got the Statue of Liberty here. I said, well, Kumar's gonna stand in front of it, so you don't <laughs> see it. And he, he said, that's, that's, that's stupid. Uh, that was how we, that was the foot we started on.
2: Um, th- this, this film now is 10 years old. It um, might make some of us feel a little old or older. Um, uh, how do you look on it, uh, looking back, like when you think about it in, in your career, I guess, your oeuvre?
0: Well, I, I, don't, I don't particularly. I, I, I don't really, um, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time. And... Um, I think we're gonna, there's going to be a Blu-ray uh, sometime pretty soon, so I, I'll see it. You know, I'll have to like approve the transfer or something, so, um, but um, yeah, you know, I, we, I really enjoyed making the movie, it was a very good experience and it was nice working in New York, in New York and we had a great group of um, actors and um, so it's a very fond memory anyway.
2: Um. Your first two films, obviously, you worked with a lot of close friends um, and collaborators. Of those, all of, obviously, those collaborators became friends. But this was your sort of first film that um, uh, you, you had a lot of, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, a lot of big star power in it. Um, what were the choices going into picking those peoples, and, and what was it like in those experiences directing those people for the first time?
0: Yeah, well, it was... I, I mean, I always feel a little bit... More stress when I'm working with actors who I don't, who I, who I haven't worked with before. Um, but um, this one, it was mostly very. It was uh, it, they were they, they were people who um, were happy to be there uh, on the whole, and um, and and you know, it was a, we had a good rapport. Uh, a, a, a number of them, I had had written the parts for them, and I'd met them. Before they'd read the script, we'd talked about it, and I'd sort of prepped them that this was coming, and and that was kind of a good thing. uh, Gene Hackman was a different thing. I mean, in fact, ever since we made this movie, for years, any time any group of of us are together, we always talk about Gene Hackman endlessly. And and he he was great uh, to work with, um, and he was very exciting to work with, but he was... Sort of separate from everybody else, from all of us, and he he he's very um, scary um, he's not going
2: to be here later tonight, right? no um, uh, in, so what what in what ways are, is gene Hackman scary is his presence
0: um, well his you know he's first uh, i think He was one of the reasons, you know, many of these actors were very well known, you know, and, um, you know, there were stars, but he was the one who everybody was really interested in. I mean, he was the one, he was legendary, and people were excited about the possibility, and it was very difficult to get him to agree to the movie. He didn't, you know, I almost feel like he was at a disadvantage because he didn't really want to do it, and um, I... So, you know, I I I feel like I wouldn't even I I'm not even sure how this occurred. but I do think I sort of forced him to do it. Oh, oh yeah, over a long period of time. I mean, it was really a year and a half. Uh, I met him. He didn't want to meet me. I, I pressed <laughs> to meet. We met, and he told me, um, I don't like it when people write parts for me. Um, you had
2: specifically written this for him.
0: Well, I had. I was. I, I was really just beginning to write it, and he said, "I don't like when people uh, write parts for me. I don't. F- I feel like people. I don't want somebody to, to to give me their idea of who I am. I'd rather just write a part." And so, so he had warned me that he didn't want me to do that, and I did that anyway. And um, and you know, he he. Uh, I just wore him down. Uh, you know, he. He also. I don't think he was really used to. It wasn't really a big part of his repertoire to to. To be paid scale, um, which is a very low rate for anybody who doesn't. Or, you know, for Gene Hackman, it means working for the lowest amount that you're legally allowed to pay. Um, and, um, and everybody was being paid that way, so there was really no way around it, and that was part of the process, too.
2: On, on the page, your, um, your work is very specific. Um, if, you, if you've read any of Wes's screenplays and, and you um, watch the films, it's you can see things that are exactly done the way they are on the page. Um, how did Gene respond to that, and and did he did he have his own ways of interpreting things, and did that ever did you ever go, hmm, Gene, that's not what how it was it
0: intended? Well, it's funny that because I actually there there's a the thing because I, I sometimes he would not he, you know he he always knew his lines exactly. He's very prepared, but sometimes he didn't know certain actions and there was at one point I said, after a few take, takes, of I said, you know, um, I mean, you know, it says uh, you're supposed to cry. Um, and he uh, said, he's, uh, where, where is that? And, and then I looked at his script and all the, everything is crossed out <laughs> except his dialogue. That he has his script prepared that way. He really doesn't want to read that. Um, he just wants to know what he's supposed to say and he, so, um, and, you know, and that, I mean, that's, there's something, you know, if you spend a certain amount of time just even just punctuating it and you know, you would like for it not to be crossed out. Um, but, um, but he has his, his, I, I think his reason is he wants to he wants he he, he wants the text he, or what he you know he needs to know what he's got to say. But beyond that, he wants to make it completely spontaneous and to feel like he's making this up in the moment. And more than anybody else I've ever worked with, he 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 does that. And when you're standing on the set, you're it's sometimes very surprising to see him sort of just you know burst into the scene.
2: Um, um, I've always read and 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 heard that he's a. Um... He's an actor that doesn't like to wait and just likes to charge into things and get, like, when are we shooting? Just tell me when we're shooting and I don't care about the rest.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I, and I think that's what he, I think he's, I mean, and then I, then I will allow us to change the subject, but, it, but he's, he, um, I, I think he's done so many movies over so many years that it's, he, he, he likes acting, but he's really probably lost some of his patience for all the rest of it, you know. It, 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 from action to cut is uh, what he enjoys. Yeah.
2: Um, how much rehearsal time did you get with uh, everybody else, like Gwyneth and, and people like that?
0: Well, I I don't you know I don't really think we uh, the way we had we did the movie it was sort of scheduled where we have one person five weeks in and you know where we were picking up we we had to sort of build a, a, a jigsaw puzzle around the schedules of all these people, um, so there wasn't really a lot of rehearsal, but. Um, but, you know, we'd have a couple of days here or a couple of days there to get certain groups together. We never got the cast together. And that's the, actually the thing. I, that's what I want to try to do from now on. I do think it just may, it can make a huge difference. And there's uh, freedom in, in being able to spend two weeks with the whole cast. I feel like there's some filmmakers who always require that. Um, I would like to become one of those.
2: Um, can you talk a little bit about the? I, we spoke a little bit, but the, the writing process with Owen in in writing this film. You had obviously written two films with uh, Owen before, and yeah. now you did your third. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how that worked?
0: Yeah. Um, well, it was, you know, it's kind of. Uh, I think we sort of dreamed up the sensibility of it together a bit. Um, you know, uh, we we weren't, um, you know. It, 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 I guess the thing is our writing process has been very different with each movie, um, and uh, the some scenes we worked on together very closely and other scenes um, not so much uh, on on all the movies so it, um, so anyway it 's kind of hard to answer because it, it varied it 's varied so much over the years.
2: you have sort of a, a propensity for these uh adult figures that are sort of bad influences on children. Um, Bill Murray in, in Rushmore's Not the Greatest Father figure and so forth down the line, these sort of um, immature men and maybe precocious teens. Um, Where does that come from?
0: Oh, I don't know, but I don't, I mean, just from that, I mean, he doesn't seem like such a bad influence.
2: <laughs> Not a bad influence, but I don't know. if If, if someone here was seen throwing water Balloons yeah. in a car with their grandfather. Maybe they'd think yeah. that grandfather wasn't the greatest choice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't really know uh, where, that, where that comes from. It's it's, this, it's this sort of thing um, that I don't really th- I don't think about. Why do I like these kind of scenes or these kind of characters? Really, um, I probably should. Or I may. Or maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Um, but I, but I, don't, I don't have any uh, real theory about that. My, my father is very unlike uh, that character. For instance, um, he's—you uh, you, know—he's um, he's very entertaining, but he's not—he's not, uh, he's not uh, mean or wild, really.
2: Um, so, so let's talk about the music a little bit. It was obviously a huge, uh, integral part of this film. Um, it's about some of the choices and and some of the there's also a lot of well not a lot there's a few new york uh you know the Ramones and the right. Velvet underground and t- talk about the music building it and coming to these choices and,
0: and yeah well um yeah, the, yeah there's a lot of music in it. i i think um there were a few pieces uh, uh, several pieces actually that were that I had sort of had in mind writing the script um there's a, a um a ravel uh piece that's yeah that's in the beginning or that, it's not that one it's before that in the movie in fact um, that the piece that it was in the first clip is w- is based on uh, something by a Romanian I think it's Romanian composer uh, George uh, inescu um, and but it was adapted by Mark Motherspaugh into something that's f- f- more fitted to the movie um, and um but but there was a, a a Nico song that was sort of the first scene real scene I had in mind uh for the movie was set to that and um and um and there's a there's a Ramones one that was and that song that that Paul Simon song it, that that was something that was sort of planned in the script but then a lot of the music um comes in uh you know during the editing and um And I guess I did have a thought that this is that that the music would be connected to New York uh, as much as it could be. But even like we had a John Lennon song in there too, which I still feel is connected. is it was a uh, you know I think it was probably uh, recorded at the Dakota or something. In fact, so because it was like a demo. Um,
2: So uh, songs start in the in the in the writing phase. Does the song inform a scene or a film, or is it just those are the sparks?
0: yeah you, you sometimes yeah sometimes it's just it's uh, it sparks something or or i ha- have a scene in mind and somehow the two things meet and i start sort of shaping it around that um you, you know, i'm i'm working on a, a a film now that we just finished shooting and that has a big musical element but it's not there're not really songs in it um but it was still, the music was a big uh, part of it. So I, I guess uh, always, for me, um, the music is a big big thing. Um,
2: I, I, I assume you're working with your um, soundtrack supervisor, Randall Poster, who's helped with all your... Can you guys talk about your um, process? I saw him talk at uh, South by Southwest uh, earlier this year, and he uh-huh. talked about working with you in the films, and it was great.
0: Yeah, kind of well, R- Randy, uh, Randy Poster, he's my music supervisor. We've been... Uh, um, he, I, I met him after we made Bottle Rocket. He, they, they, there was no soundtrack album, and he, he no, they didn't want to do a soundtrack album. He, he wanted to do one, so he arranged that it would be put out, and then he worked on my movie starting then. And he's involved with the music in terms of uh, we discuss what I've got in mind, and he, he, he suggests other things in that area, but he also is in charge of licensing and that stuff, and then he's very involved with working with composers and uh, that aspect of it. And he's also a bit like a producer, just in the sense that he comes around a lot and sits with us in the cutting room and goes out to dinner, and he just sort of stays in the mix. And uh, I I mean, that sounds like, uh, that's more important than than I would have thought. Uh, You know, his ideas and his his, uh, reactions kind of come into the equation that way pr- pretty significantly.
2: Is that uh, part of the reason why, I mean, uh, uh, you know, across the board, you, you've worked a lot of the same collaborators, Robert. Um, you've worked with Roman a few times now, and, and Noah, and, and, and even um, David Wasco, a lot of people who you work often, almost on every single one of your films.
0: Yes, yeah, I, yeah. About, Robert Yeoman is my director of photography. Uh, uh, we've worked with, uh, yeah, since Bottle Rocket. and. Um, um, yeah well you know I, I think m- many of the people that I've uh, worked with are people who I who I'm I got to know them because I was a fan um, so um, you know I just I'm lucky enough to be able to continue with them
2: you Can you conceive about, of working on a film without someone like Robert who's almost
0: Well I never have I, you know I even um, you know, I made a short film in France and he came in to you know for the Two and a half days to, to make that uh, short. I, I've done commercials and things with other people now and then, mostly mostly with Bob. But um, uh, but you know, I really he's somebody who I who I rely on.
2: Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, the themes in your films. And again, maybe they're not conscious, and you're not thinking about them, and you don't analyze them. But there's a lot of there's a lot of failure in your films. Um, can you can you talk about that um, the the themes of of failure characters? you know this is a family who have came of brilliance and prominence and and then sort of you know yeah one hundred and sixty eight forced on errors or whatever it is right, right. <laughs>
0: yes um, yeah, in fact that's uh, the uh, there's a scene in it where he uh, where Luke Wilson's character has a real kind of public uh meltdown on a tennis court um, and uh, and that was one of the. First scenes I uh, had in mind uh, for the movie um, i have, it's it's an interesting subject you know i mean everybody deals with that in different ways and um, and sometimes it's not such a bad feeling um, i think um, but it's te- it 's definitely something that's all that 's fascinating to me i i, I, I don 't know why but uh but um but, you know, it's, 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 it's also a, it's a, it's a pretty broad theme that lots of different things touch on, and uh, you know, there's a lot there to work with.
2: Well, you're, you're, your character's not saving the day. That's a, it's a unique theme. Um, uh, I guess we should take some uh, questions from the audience. Um, right there. Um, as far as the cinematography of your films, um, you were saying how Gene Hackman is very, um, he just likes to get straight into it, but all your shots are so calculated with like the lateral
0: tracking and the cranes. I just wanted to know if you ever let Gene compromise any of your shots or how you dealt with that. Yeah, well in fact that's interesting because he, he likes complicated, the, the thing is he's, he's so skilled that some blocking and some camera challenges, uh, He's not somebody who wants it to be a documentary of his performance. He actually likes to have some. He he likes to feel like he's now 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 you're going to challenge me, just sort of technically. Um, he I, he always enjoyed that. And in fact, he's a, one of the few actors I've worked with who would who where we were adding. We I mean, there's one scene that. Uh, he he and Danny Glover have a scene near the end of the movie, and they and they the whole scene they're jogging as they talk, and it wasn't meant to be that way. It was it, we it was all because he wanted to do it that way. They, often he would he would suggest, "Can I just do this on the way in? Can I start it at the door instead of when I we get to the place?" So um, anyway, that, I I think that's something he enjoyed. In, in fact, there's one shot in the movie at the somewhere around the end of the movie that he's he's got to be in two places you know it's a big long kind of crane shot that goes all sorts of places and he's in one part of it And then other people do things, and then he's in another part of it. And he's gotta kind of climb down off a fire, literally off a fire engine, run around behind the camera, go show up somewhere else. And that's, he was very happy doing it. And I think we did it like 23 times, which is not, he he doesn't like to do anything, you know, 23 times. Um, And he was perfectly fine. And also the shot ended with a kind of big, dramatic moment with him and Ben Stiller. um, And he enjoyed that. I, I do remember Ben had said to me, at the very beginning, somewhere early on, uh, you know, I know we do a lot of these things. But that scene, though, can we have some close-ups and some coverage? And because I feel like you know, I can tell, I can tell from the way it's written that this is going to be sort of complicated. And, and I said, believe me, we're not going to do that in one thing. We're going to have some shots at the end, and you're just, and uh, but then at the then when the day came, somehow we. It, the, the coverage had gone away, and and, I, and and I and there was a moment where I looked at Ben, and I sort of realized what he was thinking, and he just kind of shrugged and just shook his head, and um, and then he just did it. So, anyway,
2: um, right there. Can we get a mic for this gentleman here? How you doing, Mr. Anderson? Big fan of your work. Oh,
0: thank you. Um,
2: I guess uh, my question is that you've had the privilege over the years to work with a number of actors who are not only good with the script, but they're actually good at going off script and improving, and they have a good sense of their characters. So was there a time in the rehearsal process or even unset where you just allowed your actors to be free to explore their characters and say what they needed, and did you capture that in the film?
0: Well, I feel like that's, I, I, I when we, the, the first movie I did, Bottle, Bottle Rocket, we rehearsed for many, many years, um, you know, we didn't have any place else where we needed to be. Um, and, that, and that was the process for me, also, I mean, you know, uh, o- o- Owen is, was one of the actors rehearsing, so we we're writing as we rehearsed, rewriting as we rehearsed. And that was a big part of how we kind of made up that story in that movie. I've never had another movie where we really had that luxury, or we are anyway, where I had worked it out that way. I, 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 um, I mean, I've had movies like uh, Rushmore, uh, The Children that are in, and J- include Jason Schwartzman, who, who he was 17, but you know, the, the, the young people that were in it, we rehearsed together for quite a while. Um, the, the movie I just finished has a, a number of the people are 12. We were, I rehearsed with them quite a bit. The grown-ups I never seem to have access to um, in advance, um, but I—but that's exactly what I would like to. I—I I feel like it's not the kind of thing I like to do on the set, really. But I, it is—it is something I would like to do more in the preparation of the movie because uh, you know, it's there's just so much you can get out of that, and but you've got to have a chance to shape it, and um, and when you get on the set, it's you know, especially if you have. Complicated or complicated-ish things that you're doing, you gotta that that usually isn't uh, you know. If you're shooting a bunch of single shots of things, then it's much more. You, I think you have much more freedom with that. But I, I don't usually find myself in that situation, so we sort of have to figure it out in advance.
1: Thank you for coming. Um, directing children, how do you approach that differently from directing adults? Do you have a preference for either?
0: Well, I, d- I don't know if I have a preference for, for either. It's, uh, they're, they're, it's uh, whatever, uh, whenever there's a surprise, that's the thing I enjoy the most, and that can happen with anybody. Um, with this movie I just did, the, the thing with tril- with the children was uh, that I got, saw how different the process can be among a group of 12-year-olds. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's in the same way that... Uh, that um, uh, you know Harvey Keitel probably has a very different process from you know um, from owen wilson um, two unknown twelve year olds can have very different they can have different kinds of preparation and uh I, you know there was one there was one the kid that I was working with in this movie who who he he was he really needed to understand why he was doing whatever he was doing and it wasn't it wasn't an act it wasn't you know give me my motivation it was he just needed it to and and once he had that he would you know make it feel real um but also but other kids you know the i have often found the best uh, way to work with them is to do it the way you want it and have them imitate that. And some kids are great at that. Um, there's a kid in Rushmore who, is, um, who, is, who could do either way, but in terms of just having someone exactly recreate what you show them, he was unparalleled uh, in that. You know, he was like a, a, an acting robot. Which, which kid was that? Uh, he, he was, uh, he's a blonde kid who's the sidekick of Jason Schwartzman's character. Yeah, he called... appears in
2: every scene as a kind of little... Ghost figure who dots a...
0: He, he, he's, called, he's named uh, Dirk in it. Oh,
2: oh, Dirk, Dirk. I thought you meant the, uh, the, little, the little boy.
0: No, that, that, he doesn't really say anything. Yeah, no,
2: no. <laughs> well, Dirk's a, the, the, that Mason. He's a trained actor. Mason
0: Gamble, right? yeah. He, he's yeah. very talented. Yeah. Um, let's take another question. How
2: about right there in the green? Hi, um thank you for coming. I was wondering you said you didn't go to film school. How did you get the funding and stuff to um to write and direct your first movie
0: um, well we I made a short that um, that we you know we made uh, owen and i made we, we borrowed some money from our fathers like uh four thousand dollars or something which both you know it's a similarity between our fathers was they were both. Immediately on top of when are we going to get this back? They were—I mean, there was, there was almost—we I mean, we hadn't edited. It. I don't know how they thought we were going to get revenue off of this thing. We, 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 we've yes, we've shot it, but there's no—we don't sell tickets for a movie that's being edited, um, and especially when it's eleven minutes long. Um, but um, but then we, to 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 make a feature, it was really just. Luck, just chance, I think um, we 'd made this short, and it sort of found its way through various channels to different people and one of them was was Polly Platt, who was became one of the producers of the film and I think she 's the one who kind of we, there were other people there 's a guy named Kit Carson who was a kind of mentor for us for some years and uh, and Polly worked for james l brooks, and he 's the guy who made it all happen. But, and and and, you know, he he, he chose us, but Polly um, was sort of the linchpin, I think.
2: How about right here? Uh, You know, when you're, uh, you said that you do the rehearsing, do you go through and do you block the actors yourself? And also, have you ever considered acting yourself? Have you, is that something that you've thought about? Or, and who are some of your favorite
0: actors that you haven't worked with? Um, Well, let's see. Um, I, you know the the blocking. It it depends on the scene. I, I think um, you, part of why I want to be able to rehearse more is I like the idea of what doing what many I think many directors do, which is we walk onto the stage and or whatever the set, and everybody just does what they think of, uh, and then and then you you start guiding it. I almost never find myself in that situation. I f- I f- I'm always in something where we've got a set or a location that I've picked it because of the way we're going to stage this and I'm sort of showing them what we're going to do. And, all- and also the other thing is I feel like so often we we have built track and we've set up all this stuff hours before and anybody's there. Um, so anyway, it's I I it, it, I would like to combine the, these ways a bit more in the, in the future because um, because I, I think it'd be more fun and and uh, m- more sense of discovering things. Um, but um, I, I I was in a commercial once. That's the only a- a- acting <laughs> I've done. Hi. Uh, me and my friend Luke were watching Rushmore like a week ago or something like that. And we noticed there's quite a few mention of hand jobs. Is there any kind of psychological thing with that? Or did, you just, did it just happen to come up a lot? I think we felt like it, was, it hadn't been done. You know, it was, a, it was an area we wanted to get into in cinema. Yeah. You know, it was an opportunity. Uh,
2: um, I, I wanted to ask you. Maybe a very broad question but uh, what what is funny to you?
0: Yeah that, well, I, you know it's I, I don't know I I, I I if I had a funny thing that I thought of to say to that it would be great. Um, but I, I,
2: I it's, it's not the it's not the awkward, it's not the painful, it's not the
0: it, it so often is and, and 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 um and and I and, and it's often the cruel, I think. Um, but um But, you know, as soon as you start breaking it down too much, it starts to, it it becomes a drag.
2: Hi. I was waiting to hear first. Anyway, I had read somewhere that you were
1: inspired by J.D. Salinger's work. Uh, Assuming that's not slander, um, which ones in particular?
0: Um, Well, you know, there aren't so many. So I I always loved, (laughs) I I, I loved those short stories. um, And... um, you know, at a certain point, uh, w- I, when I was really obsessed with uh, the Challenger's work, I, 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 I now I'm sure they're all online. But I, 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 I once went and got from various magazines, uh, I xeroxed all these uh, stories that had not been collected, and there were quite, there were quite a few. But um, but you know, I, I mean, I, I I liked I liked them all. Um, Catcher in the Rye was the. First thing I read, first thing everybody read by him, probably, um, and I had that same reaction as you know all of my friends and so many people. Um, but um, but the whole Glass family cycle of things is pretty is a pretty impressive um, uh, you know uh, accomplishment. Um, and his voice and style is even though it's even though we know it so well and it's it's hard not to. Uh, for for people to not to kind of start to reject it at a certain point, um, it's, it, it's still it's still pretty unique. Hi, uh, really nice to see you guys. Because today um, I come here and uh, I go through really like. Uh, a kind of challenging situation, but I still keep going because I know I'm a filmmaker from Shanghai, and I also learn and work my film in L.A. I know I can make something different. I really like to talk with you. I want to say, to be a director or filmmaker, we all know in the processing, we need to just meet many challenges and how you can keep going and just no matter how many people block you or just treat you really bad, and you still can keep going. Can you give me some suggestion? I am really appreciate it yeah well, i think that um you probably already know what to do. It sounds like uh you don't you g- g- give up um, uh, yes i yeah i, I think you're doing it, you're doing it the right way that that yeah that's the, that I, I, it, it is a, it, especially if you have a, a, a something in mind that is your own yes you trust yourself already so that's good <laughs> You, you have to just keep doing that.
2: Thank you. Um, here in the striped shirt. Right? Yes, that gentleman. Right, he's got his hand.
0: Um, a lot of your characters, a lot of your characters in many of your films go through this process where they achieve greatness and then they kind of fall from that. Um, do you feel that pressure in your, your professional life? And if so, like, do you feel like you you learn from the characters in your films that go through that same process? Well, I think you know. I, n- now I've made I don't maybe six movies or se- I, I, maybe seven movies, um, and I've had you know some do better than others, and it's uh, always up and down. And I've more or less had all the different experiences, except for I have not experienced tremendous success. I've been spared that so far. Um, but I would, maybe I would love to give that a try. Um, but um, I think, uh, you know, I do feel like over, you know, uh, no great authority, but my own experience is kind of whatever happens, you sort of end up in the same place, which is now let's start the next one. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, having so far been lucky enough to get to the next one and, and manage to put it together, but you know, as she can attest, you can always figure out a way to do it. Um, so I don't know. Does that answer that? Okay, thank you. Maybe we should call on her. Okay, we're going to take one more. And
2: and. and um, hurry up. Uh, I had a question sort of about the general
0: look of your films. A lot of people comment, and you know. It, they always have this well-manicured look, and I think some people miss what... Uh, people find it twee or something like that, but um, they miss the theme that that's trying to get across. So I would like to hear what you feel that... Um, what you try to achieve by having that kind of style. Well, I, I think maybe the style of a movie... They, there's, it's a combination of so many th- things, the setting and w- what kind of characters they are, and... Um, and maybe a sort of world that you're trying to create. Which sometimes I have a sort of idea of something, is, you know, that we could, we're going to kind of concoct. Um, but then there's also just my own personality that becomes a part of it. And I think that kind of uh, that that's the thing. I don't know if I control so much. Um, you know, it it, it it just ends up being the way I would do it. Um, so, um, but I but I think you, the, uh, you know, I like everybody, we're so influenced by so many different things and ideas come from every different direction. Um, and that's one of the things I like about making movies is just sort of being able to pull things from everywhere. That's it.
1: All right, guys. Thank you, thank everybody. Thank you so, much. Thanks so much. thank you, Wes. Thanks. Remember, this podcast can be found on our website on iTunes, uh, itunes iTunes.com forward slash Apple Store. And you can also pick up the Apple Store app on your iPhone or iPod or iPad and find out about all kinds of great upcoming events. Thank
0: you so much and have a great night.